Hi, and welcome to the 16th episode of Breaking Free Podcast, a body-mind-spirit approach to mental health. I'm your host, Summer Seitz, and I'm excited to talk to you today about there is no fear in love. Before we do that, just a little housekeeping. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast, I ask that you do that. Maybe a little thank you gift <laughs> for this work I put in that this is a free podcast. I would just love to see people uh, subscribe so that I, first of all, I know who we got out there. Um, it also helps us get it out there to more people, which is great. Um, us at Whole Women Link. And I also really, it's just Whole Women Link is really being used as a site to have articles posted, uh, conferences for Whole Women Link. So because it's separate from this podcast, I just love uh, the, the podcast to be subscribed to uh, outside of that, if that's something you can do. So I'd love that if you can. Uh, the other thing I wanted to announce to you is that there will be another Whole Women Link conference coming to the Salt Lake area. Uh, Friday evening, February 28th, and all day Saturday 29th. So if you are on the West Coast and that's something that you're interested in, uh, stay posted on Home and Link. We'll probably put that up in the next two or three weeks. I'm just getting the venue finalized, but I'm excited that one's going to have um, local speakers from that area as well as Crystal and I from Home and Link coming out and meeting with you. And I know some of our West Coast listeners have been asking for something out in your way. So uh, mark your calendars. I hope that that's something that you can attend. All right. So today we're going to talk about there's no fear in love. And this is a really important topic to me because this is something that has really made all the difference in my life. Uh, I would say my greatest healing has come from understanding this principle. Think about all the ways that fear pushes you around in your life. I had an experience uh, with my son the other day where, I, you know, I just didn't like the way, I didn't like the way he was, man, you know, maneuvering his life or what I felt he was using his choices. Not that he was doing anything significantly bad, but because he wasn't, he was just making his own choices. But I kind of responded with, you know, fear and a little bit of over control. And finally, when I went in my room and kind of did a little exploration about what was going on for me. I did that parenting from self podcast work that I talked about earlier in these podcasts. I was like, yeah, I'm not parenting from self here at all. I'm parenting from fear, right? What am I so afraid of? What I really came down to is like, I'm afraid he's going to leave me, right? I'm afraid he's going to leave me and the things that maybe I value or, or maybe, you know, our relationship won't be secure. And I'm like, oh no, it's that abandonment again. <laughs> Those of you who have identified, and bless your heart, that's a good step, that you have abandonment issues, it's huge, right? It's a thing. And all of us, I don't think anybody escapes having some experience with abandonment in this life. And after this podcast, I hope you're going to know clear what that means. If you don't know what that means yet, that's okay. But I, I could attend, I was like, oh, that's that abandonment's pushing me around. So I went to my son and I said, yeah, son, I'm so sorry. I, I really was operating out of fear in the way I was relating to you. And I'm going to, I'm going to release that fear. I'm going to move from that and, and move towards love and acceptance. And he said, mom, fear never brings out the best in any of us. And boy, was that not a truer statement? Guys, fear doesn't bring out the best in any of us. However, fear, because of the survival mechanism of our animalistic brain, records five times more fast than any other thing. That flight or fight response, that emotional and physical response, isn't something that we can just turn off. And it has value because sometimes we're really in danger. But the problem is, is that we reenact that fear 
throughout our lives if we don't figure out that we're not in danger anymore. Or maybe we weren't ever as in much danger as we thought back then, but we lacked the, the vision and the perspective at that age when that fear was recorded to really see that it was about the person in our lives and their insecurities and weaknesses and not about us at all. Okay, so let's look at fear and how it may be pushing you around in your life. And, and I'm going to do that by studying the topic of abandonment. Some of these, this was actually really easy. I just pulled an article. If you go to Good Therapy and look up abandonment, there's a really great article there that talks about abandonment issues. And I'm just going to pull some real simple concepts from that for those of you who don't know a lot about abandonment. Abandonment often stems from childhood loss. It's generally from their younger years, okay? It can be in later years, but it generally is in those first earlier years of life when we're kind of getting our concept of self. And this is related to um, maybe not getting enough physical or emotional care. It can be stuff like a traumatic event, loss of a parent, death, divorce, you know, even depression, anxiety of an adult in your life who, you know, maybe they were fearful with you. Um, we often see it in how, uh, you know, parents are parenting their kids. I often see it in this. Uh, let me give you some examples of that real quick. So that can be things like, um, you know, stifling your child's ex emotional expression. Oh no, I don't want them to act like that because maybe other people will think I'm a bad parent. You know, that my kid's not, my kid's out of control. Have you heard that? Kids out of control? Heaven forbid your kid express themselves, right? <laughs> and, 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 and I guess it's our job to have our kids controlled. You can even hear it in the phraseology that there's something there, right? Um, maybe you, your child was ridiculed or you as a child were ridiculed or um, maybe their child was held, and again, I would have you think of yourself as the child in this case, but you were held to a too high of a standard. Maybe you were held to a standard you weren't developmentally even ready for, right? Um, kind of like the idea of controlling your two-year-old, right? Well, why can't you keep that kid quiet? Well, because it's a two-hour meeting and the kid's bored and so am I, you know? <laughs> I, I laugh all the time because sometimes I'll attend like really long like church meetings with kids and these kids are going crazy. And people are like, I don't understand why they're running around. And I'm like, well, then granted, the kids can learn, right? We can learn how to behave in certain environments. But, you know, I'm, I'm sitting on this hard chair and I'm, I'm having a hard time focusing myself. And I'm thinking, I don't know what to tell the kid because I don't even know what to tell myself. You know, this is really hard. And I think that's what you do. You have compassion. This is really hard and we can do hard things, right? And let me give you some skills and let me show you how I manage this. But it isn't easy, right? Sometimes we're asking, or the standard is perfection, and nobody's able to reach that standard, right? So it can be things like that. Um, sometimes the parent relies too heavily on the child for their sense of worth um, or treats their child as a peer. Any of these things still from the child, the ability of that child to learn, to recognize their own emotional needs, meet them, feel safe asking for what they need, um, expressing themselves, and that can lead to feelings of abandonment, you know? You know, maybe your parent just wasn't available to you when you needed them. And you grew up feeling like nobody's ever there for me. And if I'm going to have them be there for me now, and let's talk about how this looks like in adult relationships, you know, so the child grows up, becomes an adult, and then you have one partner maybe pleasing too much or seeking to give too much to the other partner. If I don't keep you happy, you're not going to stay with me. Or maybe you envy other people's relationships all the time. You're always constantly, I see this a lot looking at Facebook and everybody else has a better life than you and you're just feeling those old feelings of like it was I'm not enough or it's not enough, right? That's just playing over and over. Um, you have trust issues. You're just always waiting for the shoe to drop, right? Um, there's a lack of emotional intimacy. 
because it can go the other direction. That's the thing with abandonment. You can either hold on too tight or you can push away. So you see people also pushing away. I'm going to leave you before you leave me. I'm going to check out. I'm going to shut down. Um, I'm going to play it cool, right, so that I don't need anyone too much because if I do and they don't, don't meet my need, that would hurt more. These are all ways that abandonment can play out for you. Um, but ultimately, it leaves you in a less than satisfying relationship. And why is that? Well, it's because love is free. Love comes softly. Love is not coercive. Love is not manipulated. It's not controlled. It's freely given and freely shared, right? Love's not conditional. You know, my relationship with God has really helped me understand these things. I, but again, I have found in my work that not all of us experience God the same way. A lot of us look through the lens of our experiences in life, you know, maybe how our caregivers treated us, uh, how people in our life have treated us, and we assume that onto God, you know, whatever that is for you. And what I've had to come to do is set that aside and learn to ask, you know, who is God? What is God? And in this podcast, you know, I like to explore spiritual things. Again, I let you fully name that. But for me, God is love. God is light. One of the ways that I've really come to understand and break the fear of abandonment is through mindfulness practices. Let me talk to you a little bit about how that can play out today. I had an experience a few weeks ago where I um, set the intention to, here's my intention, to love as God loves and to see as God sees. I recognize that my mind, my ego mind, this body mind experience is imperfect. Again, I've had these experiences where people haven't loved me the way that I, I believe we're all deserved to be loved without condition. And so because of that, I, I think that it's easy for me to reenact that. Well, this particular day, I was interacting with some teenagers. And I was just kind of like, Ugh, you know, I'm just not seeing you guys. Like, what's the deal? Like, why are you guys acting like this? And it was kind of like the blinders went off my eyes. And my higher power allowed me to see these teenagers as he sees them. Loved, accepted, uh, fully appreciative of them doing what they can do in their circumstances to love and serve him. And I remember sitting back and going, wow, that's how you see us, God. That is so different than the way I was seen. And it changed everything. I came for the, like a, a gratitude of like, wow, like look at how they're doing what they're doing, even though it's so hard for them to do that. And how amazing is it for them as teenagers to have any act of faith considering what the world is teaching right now. And just all these things that was really it was really amazing for me to have those eyes. It softened me. But the most important part for me was to realize that that's how God sees me too. That I am loved um, without exception, right? There's no condition or thing that I can do that would actually separate me from love. So it's not love that's separating itself from me, or in my case, I would consider that God because God is love to me. But it's me separating myself from love, not feeling worthy of it, maybe being afraid of receiving it, being afraid of giving it to others fully because if I do, maybe they won't stay there for me or be there for me. What if I just accepted people as they are 100%? Would they meet my needs? Would they be what I need them to be? And I think that is the question, right? But what I have found is that you get what you give in this life. There is every culture talks about this. They call it the law of the harvest, the boomerang. Um, you know, 
you reap what you sow. There's all these different ways. But I promise every language and culture talks about this for a reason is because it's a true principle throughout time. It's it's languageless. It's cultureless, right? It's just always been. It's truth. And the truth is, is that we do reap what we sow. So if there's fear in you and you're constantly controlling and manipulating the relationships in your life with fear, then that's what you're receiving back, right? That's what your, your insecurity is reaping insecurity. So let's look at that. That's what's so sad about it, right? If I approach the relationships with my life with control and fear and manipulation, you must do this to make me feel okay because people will fight for their sense of autonomy and their, that, you know, if they have any self-worth and love of themselves, they'll be like, no. I get to choose for myself. I get to make mistakes, right? I get to do things that are different than what maybe what, what you think I should do. And they will move away. So I was afraid of being abandoned. And there you go. Now I am. I just proved that, right? The other way, if I shut down, I move away. I'm not going to need anything from anyone. I'm not going to let people in. I'm really afraid people abandon me. And so I'm not going to do it because I don't want to be abandoned. I just confirmed my abandonment, right? I'm I'm all isolated by myself. And I've just chosen my abandonment so we really confirm the very thing that we're afraid of in those situations so what's really come for me is i realize there's no other choice but to love the only one that really works to get what i need to get to joy is love to freely give it and trust and believe in other people that they will give it back right that starts with you though so let's get to mindfulness practices there's five practices that i always talk about Let's go through them for one minute again. This is called the four, the five core skills of my notes. Clarifying, setting, and reinforming an intention. Again, clarifying, setting, reinforming an intention. So in this case, my intention would be learning to learning to love without condition, right? Or you could still mine learning to love as God loves, right, and see as He sees. That was one I said. Uh, you can also just be like, I'm today, I'm practicing loving kindness. We'll get to that in a minute. Uh, two, cultivating and witnessing awareness. I need to notice when fear is pushing me around. So I'd love you to do is learn how to be observant of yourself. Think about this and ask yourself the question, what behaviors or do I have fear? Am I operating out of fear? And you know how you'll know? You're going to be in a tight muscle body. You're going to be uh, you're, there's going to be a physical like fight or fight relax, reaction in your body if there's fear. Yeah, the heart is racing, the muscles are tight, definitely fear, okay? Shame is a fear-based emotion, so it can be all these things we've already talked about, but there's fear there. Like, what are you afraid of? This is where we need to just be open and kind and accepting. Just notice, what am I afraid of? What's what's pushing me around? Is it love? Is this motivated by love or is this motivated by, by fear? Remember, fear is going to just breed more fear, more insecurity, so we definitely don't want to let that be our motivator. So we're just going to notice it, notice it, how it's pushing around. Maybe it's controlling others. Maybe I'm criticizing. Maybe I'm shutting down. Just notice that, right? And that awareness will lead you to, instead of acting out of that autopilot response, that automatic flight or fight response, to be able to choose a different response. So that's two, cultivating a witnessing awareness. Number three, stabilizing your intention. What do I want to remember in this moment? Mindfulness, you guys, is all about harmonizing your intention with your attention, right? What do I want? What am I wanting to choose? And how do I keep my intention on it? I like to have phrases a lot. Maybe it's breathe or calm. Sometimes people like to sing a song. Um, maybe they have, um, you know, people like to have like, I have like I have on my phone. What The first thing you do when you open up my phone, I have a scripture about love, believe it or not. It's 1 Corinthians 13, 
Uh, that whole chapter is about love. And I always have it there because me, my intention is to learn how to become and be love. I really believe that joyful people live in love. And so that's my intention. And uh, what do I want to remember in this moment? I want to remember to love, right? So I can kind of just be like, how, how am I doing on that, right? Then I'm going to learn how to strengthen regulation. That's number four. I'm going to learn how to notice when I'm hooked and have ways of getting unhooked, right? How do I get unhooked? And a lot of that has to do with body calming exercises, breath, um, taking a pause, you know, maybe changing the channel, going and getting a drink of water, um, reading something inspirational, texting and reaching out to some anchor person. We need anchors, right? And there are different types of anchors. They can be physical anchors. They can be people. They can be word. But have something to anchor you back to that intention and move out of that space of fear. And then lastly, the last practice is practicing love and kindness. And that's actually probably the most important one for this particular podcast is because our ability to love and accept ourselves is directly related to our ability to love and accept others. If you really struggle to go inside, if you don't want to do any of your own internal work, guys, healing is an inside job. And I know a lot of people like this. They're focused on all the ways everybody else around them needs to change. My kids need to change. My husband needs to change. My job needs to change. But me, I got no problems, right? They're the most miserable people generally. Those are the people that are struggling the most. And I feel for them because they're the most caught in fear and they don't even know it, right? I may let fear push me around, but maybe if I'm aware of it or I, I can acknowledge it, then I have the ability to leave that place, right? If I can arrive at a place, I can leave it. Sometimes you just have to start with the courage to know that it's okay to have weaknesses. All of us do. It's okay to have abandonment. All of us have experienced that. There's not one person that hasn't because we all have had insecure, imperfect caregivers. And because we don't live 100% connected to love energy, not in this life. So there is a sense of abandonment that we're all experiencing, right? Do you feel like sometimes there should be more? Well, because, of course you do, because there is, right? But I do believe that all of us can move closer to love. We can learn to walk more in that love, light energy. And that comes from learning first to love and accept ourselves. Take those wounds, wounds to our higher source and let them kind of be washed over. Let that, the truth that you are loved and unconditionally and the, the, the lie of that past experience come to the forefront and meet those unmet needs, right? So we practice that non-judgmental awareness leading to kindness and compassion to yourself and then for others. This is a process. For those of you that are able to attend our conferences, I teach this. I teach mindfulness practices. Get a book. Start learning how to be mindful. It's so cool when you look at, I was just looking at some research today. Uh, what are the things that really lead to joyful living? One of them was practicing gratitude. Well, that would make sense, right? Because it's, again, I told you it's about perspective. But the second one, it's about, it's also mindfulness, right? Having that ability to go inside and be aware what's on your body. Notice that flight or fight response. Because remember, fear has a physical response. So you can at least start to notice, wow, well, I, I may not know what it, my fear is being caused to, but I definitely know I'm in fear because I'm in a tight muscle body. My breath is, is up. I am dysregulated, right? I'm angry. I'm I'm feeling those scary emotions, right? Those heavy emotions, those shameful emotions, and I'm not feeling secure. And fear is definitely present, right? And if you're being pushed around by fear, first of all, fear is an illusion, right? It's something that we, 
if there is no immediate danger in front of you, because fear has a purpose sometimes, right? To help us to get out of immediate danger, but it's the perceived danger, right? That we're talking about here. You're perceiving danger and then you're projecting that onto your situation. So I would have you look, if someone's not doing something to you right now, and it's about fear of what could happen in the future because of something that did happen in the past, you're definitely being pushed around by abandonment, right? And these are the ways that you can unhook. You first start with mindfully loving and accepting yourself, mindfully connecting to the source of love. You can do that through spiritual practices, through stillness practices. And I'm going to leave you with one of my favorite practices. This comes out of a really great book that I love. You can order it online if you're interested. Uh, This is by Pam Blackwell. It's a cool book. It's called Christ-Based Meditation. For those of you who are interested in meditation, but maybe you, we've talked about source for you that maybe if you're Christian, you want this kind of a source for your meditation. Um, You can also um, fill the room with light and do meditation that way. Um, I know all of you are coming from different religious traditions and you're all welcome here, but this book has kind of a Christian bent. Um, All right. So this one is called The Healing Heart and it's on page 16. Because in Christian tradition, Jesus Christ, right, or the Savior is a central uh, figure in spiritual culture, you're going to use that. And if it's for you, if it's not Christ, it will just be God or spirit or love that you put in place here, okay? But imagine Christ coming down from wherever you believe he is. Maybe it could be the ceiling or uh, into a safe place. So this would be a meditation. So if you want to stop right now, pause and get into a kind of a safe, comfortable space for yourself. If you're driving, pull over. Anytime you do a meditation, you want to be fully present with it. Go inside your body and be present inside your body and and not be driving, taking care of others, right? Not a great way to meditate. Anything I suggest to you with meditation is I always set the intention that this is, I'm going to fill my space with light and this is going to be in connection with my highest power and my highest values, right? All right. So in doing that, we're going to connect with uh, whoever is your central healer in your faith tradition. Again, that can be love. In this case, it's Jesus Christ. All right. So go into that safe place. Imagine Christ coming to you. Have him stand before you and take your face in his hands. Look deeply into his eyes and see the love and affirmation of who you are coming. See the love and affirmation of who you are coming from him. Step back. Imagine taking your heart out of your chest. Imagine, examine the breaks and blows that it has endured. Maybe you can see the events in your life that have led to the injuries that are on this heart, kind of like a fast movie. Then give that heart back to your source, in this case to Christ, and see him take your heart tenderly between his hands and send healing energy into it. See him open his hands and you see that you have a whole perfect heart. It's a complete heart. Some of you will see that the heart has changed in degrees, but there are wounds or there are beliefs or things that need to be addressed still. I find that this isn't a all or nothing process. This is a process over time. We heal, we heal step by step, but see that healing start to happen. I like to ask in this instance, You know, what is the false tradition, false emotion that I need to let go of? Maybe it'll come to me, fear, or um, maybe it's a belief I have, you know, people are not to be trusted or something like that, that you can kind of give that back as well. 
Feel filled, it feels like now to have this more whole heart. Now that it has been made whole by source, right? Express gratitude to source. And then maybe you see that source leaving you and that, that love and that light staying with you. So these are some of the type of meditations that I like to do um, where you can connect with a source. I Sometimes it's love. Honestly, I've had it be sometimes just people in my life who are healing sources to me that I imagine meeting with them in a safe place. But um, the mind has a great capacity to uh, show us our wounds and also give us the tools to heal them. And of course, a very powerful source for healing is any source of true, unconditional, powerful love and wherever you believe that comes from. I would have you take more time and space to connect with love. Learn about it, read about it, think about it. Are you coming from that? Are you coming from fear? Um, there is no fear in love, right? And I'd like to leave you with um, my favorite, another favorite scripture today. It just has a powerful, because again, it just, these truths have come from my spiritual learning uh, and then some of them from my learning in psychology. But Second uh, Timothy 1.7 is probably one of my favorite all-time scriptures. I've put it in here before, but that God doesn't give us a spirit of fear but of power, and I'm quoting this, peace, love, and a sound mind. And I might be out of order there. But think about that. Power, the power to overcome our weaknesses. Peace, love, and that sound mind, right? That mind that's connected and balanced. It's not running away in fear, and it's not overcoming others in fear, but really balanced and secure and letting people be on their path, and you're on yours, and you have a way to meet your needs autonomously from others through your source, right? To love and accept yourself and to receive love. I think it's the best to not like meet our love externally, but to learn to meet it internally. That's the only place that it can be securely met. And when you receive that love and you internalize it, abandonment will wash away for you. That's my truth. That's what I know. That's the kind of work I do with people. And ironically, you can do that clinically. Again, wherever your belief is in love is, maybe it's family. Some people are like, well, I don't know about God, but I believe in family. Okay, well, what do you believe about it, right? Use what you know. Bring your strength. And I promise that strength can expand and overcome your weaknesses. Thanks for joining me today. I hope you'll continue to join us, uh, join the podcast, maybe at a conference nearby soon. I'd love to meet you. I'd love to uh, look at you and let you know that I love you. I, I, if you, if nobody's told you today that you're loved, like I do, I love you for taking time out of your life to, to try to improve yourself. You are a good person. You don't have to prove that. You just are. Believe that. Live from that. Know that's true. And I can't wait to talk to you again soon.